Welcome to Studium to Studio with your local lay Dominicans. We'll be discussing some of the gems we've discovered in our studium, where we share the fruits of our contemplation and the joy of the gospel message. Representing our St. Albert the Great lay Dominican chapter and co-host of today's show are myself, Cheryl Drozda, Jeff Drozda, and Ryan Buller. And last week we began part one of a two-part series on the virtues of the theological and the cardinal virtues. We began by discussing what virtue was last week, and as well as beginning to discuss the cardinal virtues and apply them to our lives and ways to grow in those virtues. We discussed temperance and uh, fortitude, especially uh, application of those. So today we're going to pick up where we left off and start off with justice. So what would, would you put under justice as ways to improve? Uh, so justice um, is giving others their due. So I think there's, there's so many, uh, this is such a, a broad category, but I think a good place to start is with money. Money is a huge part of our culture, our society that we've built. We've slowly become, you know, less reliant on family and community um, for support and more reliance, relying on money. And so, um, you know, when, when, when we lose virtue, uh, this sort of natural virtue where we can expect someone to be just when we're dealing with them in, in, a, in a business deal or, or some sort, when we lose the virtue, then we become reliant on, you know, the sort of these legal contracts. So one of the things we need to get back to as a Christian society is to lean less on the law and lawsuits and judges to arbitrate our dealings and more relying on justice uh, and other other virtues. The Bible says that we should not, going back to money, we should not rely, we should not be desire to be rich or destitute um, because therein lies uh, some temptation uh, with money. So people often uh, it, within the within the church think that um, you know poverty leads to 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 more justice. That you know riches um, will lead to greed. You know if you have excess, uh, but it's really the the you know living simply that leads to the virtue of justice. So oftentimes people without um, can be more anxious and more tempted to sort of hide you know to, to lie on their taxes uh you know hide some of their their uh tax money or not or when they owe someone something um you know if they've uh if they've taken a, a loan or 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 borrowed something they're more tempted to to not uh pay that back because you know they have so little so the bible says we should pray not to be you know in either one of those extremes to have those temptations attachments a- attachments Yes, and I, and I think we can't look too small when it comes to justice. Um, uh, there's a great video of from Mother Angelica, uh, who hope, uh, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with from EWTN, the foundress. Um, but there's a great YouTube video you can look it up from Mother Angelica live when she she does this like bit about how she's not going to go to hell over a peanut, um, and that you you have to be just in even in the smallest matters. And for her, she was selling peanuts at a race car track for a fundraiser and um one one of the the vendors um you know he was critical of her and saying that um that she needed to sort of uh bribe uh someone to be able to sell these peanuts and she obviously saw that as a violation of of justice and he she just looked at him and said sir i am not going to go to hell 
over a peanut. <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, in her... As only she could say it. As only she could say it, exactly. <laughs> um, but even on, uh, I think a great examination for us that, that, uh, that I've shared in, in other settings is, you know, or how are we living simply? You know, we can practice the virtue of temperance by going home and look at what material possessions do I have? That, you know, what do I have that I need to live my vocation well? And what do I have that's just excess, that's just for excess luxuries and, and comforts? Um, and I think we see this in our society today with the excess of our, you know, these 30-year mortgages on homes. You know, so if you're, I think a, a good benchmark is, does your home, call, is the price of your home double what your family's annual income is? I think that's a good safe place to not be in this temptation, to not give others what they're due because you've overspent on your house. Um, and then also not being too excessive. You know, I, I think that our culture definitely veers more towards putting themselves in a position to 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 uh, cheat or lie to others by overspending. That's one good benchmark. Also, all of your automobiles, boats, uh, four wheelers, things like that, is that over half of your family's annual income? I think this is a good benchmark. You know, there's obviously there's there's all kind of individual cases we have to prioritize. The safety of our children, especially, you know, in, in making these just decisions. But the, the main point is we all need to examine what, what are our possessions? What are we spending? Are we putting ourselves in a position to be tempted to not live justly? Any final words on wisdom? Yes. I have some, I have some, some thoughts. No quick wrap up. Uh, <laughs> but yet, um, but that going back to this idea that we started with, that virtue is always an action. So uh, we think about this in our relationship to God. When we pray to God, there's a common misnomer that, oh, God's answer is going to be yes, no, or not yet. That's a common saying in the, in the faith. But if we're praying for something good, unless we're, we're not asking for something that's inherently evil, God is, his answer is always yes. God is always going to, to answer our prayers with a positive action. So if we say, you know, common prayer for, for, for husbands and fathers, if we say, God, help me to provide better for my family. You know, we might be thinking, oh, God's going to, you know, send me more money or, you know, a higher paying job. That is a good request. So God's answer might be uh, sending you a position, uh, calling your, your wife to homeschool the family for, is a common example. In which case, well, now you need, you know, less money to provide for your kids Catholic education. You know, so it's not always in the manner in which we're thinking. But if we're asking for something good, his answer is always yes. And in the same way for us to practice prudence, it always requires a positive action. And even if we're not sure which direction we want, uh, the Lord wants us to go, uh, if we're standing still, then we, we don't, the Lord can't direct us. So a, a good analogy is like the, the rudder on the ship. If we're praying God to, to move the rudder, but we're standing still, then we still don't know which direction we're supposed to go in. We have to start moving in a direction. Father Gregory Pine, who wrote a book on prudence, he always says, you know, we play the cards we're dealt. So from based on where I'm at in, right now in my life, you know, where do I think I should move? We'll start taking steps in that direction. And then the Lord can, can redirect you uh, from there, you know, to to not be too attached, as, as Cheryl said, to a particular direction, but let the Lord steer us. But the main point is that prudence uh, is, it, um, it requires action, and it's, it's predicated on being temperate, uh, courageous, and just as well. 
So we talk about wrapping, I guess, uh, a little bit up in, in of these uh, uh, virtues that we've been talking about, the uh, cardinal virtues. So prudence is is something that I think we we all you know know what it is when we hear it, but how do we apply it? I, I think that's that's maybe the challenge for for a lot of us. Uh, so some of the church fathers said that you know prudence is the mother of all virtues. We were talking about how uh, the father of all virtue, uh, all vices are pride, but the mother uh, of all virtues is, is prudence. And what it boils down to is you know the choices that that we are making. And I think there are some psychologists that said you know we make thousands and thousands of decisions and choices every single day in our lives. Every minute we're making a <clears throat> whole lot of choices that, that, that we may subconsciously or consciously think about. And I think, you know, how can we make better choices? So number one, I think, you know, learning from our mistakes. All of us have made mistakes in our lives. And, you know, some of them are, are really big ones and, and some of them may, may not be as big. But we learn from our mistakes. And I think that's as, as point number one. We just Meaning to be cognizant, not not dwell on it, but just be cognizant of, of the mistakes, learn from them. And number two, learn from others. And I don't know if uh, everyone listening has ever had uh, mentors in, in in your life. When when I was a young adult, I had uh, I had a mentor, and and my mentor always said, "You can't get into trouble for something you don't say." You start thinking about this, and well, that kind of makes a lot of sense, especially if you're in in, in the public life and and um, you're, you're talking a lot. So, which is always dangerous for us in front of the microphone. So we we, we can get in trouble a whole lot, but. We say you can't get into trouble for something you don't say. Meaning, you know, you have the prudence. Think about what you're doing and, and, and saying bef- beforehand. And then finally, you know, consideration of these choices of these of these decisions. We talk about right, we're talking about making these big decisions, and where does prudence play in? First of all, we're going to make a big decision. You always take it in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and you need to pray about it. You need to clear your mind. Never make uh, a, a decision when you're really, really happy or you're really, really sad. You need to have a clear mind, and and being in front and taking it in front of the Blessed Sacrament is is always the best way to to make that consideration for those big choices that we have in our lives. And so that's just my thoughts on, on, on prudence and, and maybe a little takeaway on, on how we can incorporate that in our everyday lives. And that's kind of takes us to the gift that we talked about last week, which was the gift of uh, wisdom. So we go in front of, you know, God who is wisdom and, and ask for help. So Which is different from knowledge, just to, to, to remind right. folks. Oh, well, here we go again. That's oh, right. <laughs> that's right. Very different. So. Well, I'm going to, we're going to switch over to the theological virtues from, from the cardinal virtues. So the first one, of course, being faith. How would you like to tackle that <laughs> yes yeah, so i'm just reminded now that you know the the difference between um you know the the theological and the cardinal is that the theological virtues are always you know somewhat more like the gifts of the holy spirit we talked about the the they're sort they're sort of given to us you know so we, we refer to faith as a gift you know we're given the gift of faith so someone can assent by their reason that god exists but they have to be given you know in a, in a sort of supernatural way the gift of faith to really have that as part of their being as part of their identity there's another 
similar phrase that we talked about earlier, you know, like uh, faith begins where our reason ends, where we can we can position ourselves to to be more faithful by studying and learning about the faith and especially in, in, in how God's hands in creation. But then at some point we have to take the leap uh, and going, you know, outside of what our purely our reason can give us. And also want to talk about action again, because uh, the virtues are all about taking action. Inaction is, is not a virtue, and faith is no different. Even when we talk about the theological virtues, uh, there's there's still no difference. Um, so, you know, when it comes to faith, you know, actually when we we're given the gift of faith, we have to nurture it. We have to, you know, put that into action in, in, in participating in the sacraments, in... Um, and doing acts of piety, uh, those things work to strengthen our faith. So from my experience, I don't know what, what y'all have been, but a lot of my, my friends growing up, um, you know, sort of how they lost the faith uh, is, um, is just not having it part of their routine. You know, it's once you're not, when you're not living it, if you're just, you know, everything in your day revolves around this sort of secular routine, you know, the, it's the work day is all about your career, the weekend's all about, you know, doing fun things, your uh, life starts to have this sort of rhythm and cycle that's revolved around secular things and not uh, holy things. Um, you know, we constantly learning about. Um, you know, we're we're uh, constantly feeding our mind with um, you know secular media, watching maybe watching the news a lot, um, and reading secular books, things like that. If we're not constantly nurturing that faith through the actions we do, we sort of fall into what's you know often referred to now as a practical atheism. You know, we might, uh, if we stop and think about it, you know, once a, a month or so about whether God exists, we might say yes, but all of our actions uh, reflect otherwise. So an action item, throw out all of your Harlequin romance books and uh, replace them with, uh, with some good theological... Yeah, that tells how old you are, really. Um, I think you got to throw out Netflix okay, these days. Okay, all right, all right. Well, we want to reach out all age groups in our audience for, for that. But, Ryan, you mentioned um, the, the sacraments, and I know that you know, there are folks who, who may be listening who maybe have never been confirmed. They were baptized, they, they had their first Holy Communion, but have never been uh, confirmed yet. I mean, and it could be an adult. Um, what is really, I think, invigorating, at least in, in our diocese here in the diocese of, of Lafayette, you know, they are for the for the younger people. They are moving the age uh, for confirmation to a, a lower grade level, which I think is great. But also that there is a concerted effort um, uh, throughout the diocese to reach out to those who those adults who have not been confirmed yet. The importance of confirmation, you know, can't be underestimated because when you're when you're sealed, uh, you you are ready to go out and fight the fight, defend the church. That reminds me of the first Pentecost where they were all huddled in the room doing inaction, and then the Holy Spirit came down, and then they immediately went out and started preaching, you know, to all people um, as the immediate action following the Holy Spirit. And. St. Dominic, since we, we're going to bring him up into this, um, he, as soon as he, he spent a lot of time traveling to get permission to begin his order. And when he came back, everyone was so happy to have him back. And he's like, now we got to go out. 
he sent him right out. And I was like, what? Wait, hold on. And he's like, no, it's going, the seeds are going to molder. We've got to get out there and spread the seed. And I think that's the thing that, you know, action is very important to our faith. If we act on our faith and excitement, that it just builds up our own faith and it spreads it to other people. Um, and I think James said something about this. And he wasn't really subtle when he said, you know, you ignoramus, a faith without works is, is dead. Yes, uh, Cheryl often brings this up in our in our uh, regular meetings, and that's had a big impact on me. You know how you know what is it? It'll smolder, it'll rot, or whatever if you don't act on it. And I've I've seen that so true where. You know, entering, I'll get excited, enter into this conversation. Oh, we need to do this. Like, you know, let's uh, let's start planning this, and then nothing ever happens. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta take that next step. You can't just be in this perpetual discernment. So, and that's why we're here uh, on the radio talking to you um, on ninety point five FM, ninety nine point five FM, and twelve thirty AM here on Catholic Radio for Acadiana. We are the Third Order Dominicans here based out of Lafayette, Louisiana, out of Our Lady Wisdom, and we are sharing the fruits of our contemplation and want to thank Stein Lumber once again for their support and the ability to to bring our our fruits from our studium to the studio. And so want to thank Stein Lumber for their sponsorship on that. And we're talking about now the theological virtues of uh, faith, hope, and charity, and I think we covered covered faith pretty handily. So uh, we'll move on to hope. And uh, of course, whenever I hear the word hope, I always think of St. Padre Pio, pray, hope, and don't worry. I also think about, I don't want to say sad way, but more empty way of you look at the other religions that are out there in, in the world, and so many of them don't offer any hope whatsoever. Yes, hope you know, after faith where we recognize that God has exists and that he loves us and that he's a personable God, he's involved in our lives. You know, hope is, is knowing that we can contain, we can obtain heaven. Uh, so hope, it, it sounds uh, bad, but it's sort of hope is loving God for our own sake, um, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We should, uh, you know, we should, God says that we should love ourselves. The Bible says we should love ourselves. So we should want what's best for us. We should want to be uh, to obtain uh, heaven and avoid uh, hell. Um, and so the two opposing vices for hope, which we've mentioned before, but it, it, it bears repeating, um, is presumption and despair. So, um, you know, and these two are on display, you know, in a lot of uh, other faiths. You know, they don't, they don't hope for enough. You know, this sort of uh, presumption that, you know, if you just say that I believe in God, that you're automatically going to be in heaven with all the saints, some of who have undergone torturous deaths and things like that, uh, to say that you're going to be equal to them, that sort of viol- you know, violates uh, justice to go back to uh, the cardinal virtues. But, um, you know, we should, des- we, we need to raise the bar higher and saying that we desire not just to be in the same place as them, but to desire to reach the level of holiness uh, that they reach and and recognizing that this requires all the virtues, all the humility and constantly uh, taking taking positive action and, and repenting of our sins um, and then never despairing, uh, which we see so much of in our society uh, as well, people thinking that I'm just not capable of that. Uh, well, none of us are capable of what any the saints weren't capable of doing the things they did. It's only through the intercession of the Holy Spirit, um, and some of them uh, were very old in, in age. They had 
uh, spent, you know, years in, in saturated in sin. Um, and it just takes a moment for the Holy Spirit to, um, to bring, to sweep you in, uh, to have perfect contrition or near perfect contrition and to start living, uh, a life of virtue. We think of St. Uh, uh, is it Decimus, uh, who on the cross, the good thief, um, you know, who at the, you know, it, he reached this high level of virtue right there at the last moments of his life and to be the first person to really proclaim Christ's suffering, Christ crucified as the Lord and God. So he, he had a, he was a great witness, uh, to all of us, but he was, it was only at the very end of his life that he turned to this. So there's, there's never any, uh, there's never a lack of hope for us to, uh, obtain heaven, um, and to, to reach it at a, at a high degree of, of, uh, charity and wisdom and prudence. This one is a special one for me. Years ago, I just really prayed for hope. It was sort of my a year-long thing where it was just, um, I wanted to increase my hope. So I would just encourage people, and there was a lot of um, consolation for that. So I would encourage people, while we are infused with these, to, to not forget to pray for those on a daily basis, an increase in faith, hope, and love. And also for, for parents, um, I know that, that for, for some parents who you know, have children who have left the faith, you know, there can be a little despair in, in, in that sense. But there are so many stories where the saints themselves, uh, they grew up Catholic, they left the faith, and they got into some pretty bad stuff, but they came, but they came back. And it was through the prayers of, I'm sure, the parents, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, so never have a despair on um, if your children have left the faith. You, there is tremendous hope uh, for them to come back and just keep on saying those rosaries and saying those prayers because uh, with, with God, all things are possible. And just like Ryan said, even dismiss, you know, on the cross, uh, there he was. You, you would have think that his parents would have given up, you know, at that point. But he's the first to uh, be in heaven and in paradise with our Lord. So. Yeah, there's there's two sides to this. You know, you have, um, you know, uh, we have the witness of Saint Augustine, Saint Monica. You know, who got to see the the triumph of uh, of what prayer and penance to for a child can do um, in turning you know his his life of sin into a life of one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. Uh, and then you have this sort of false humility or pride of parents feeling like they're a failure because their children left the faith. Um, that is, that is very prideful because when we think of even our Lord, you know, had all his, all his disciples, uh, except for John, run away from him at his moment of need and Judas who was lost, you know, possibly for eternity. Um, so even the Lord himself was not capable of, of keeping all of them, all of his closest friends, uh, from turning away. And so we as parents, um, shouldn't put ourselves above what our Lord is. So I guess we're going to turn to the final virtue in the theological virtues is charity. This one's big, and this one goes with us, as you were saying, Ryan, earlier to heaven, right? This one and prudence, they're the only, from the cardinal virtues, the only two we carry into heaven. Yes, so this is, man, when you think, when I think about the definition of this, it's just, it's so, it's so powerful. It's, you know, loving God for his own sake, you know, so in hope, we love God for, for our sake. And then in charity, we love him purely for himself. It's not what he can give me, um, but just because of who he is. The fact that he gave us creation, he created, helped, co-created us, he gave us being, uh, he gave us life, he offers us these gifts 
and these uh, and these merits and the aid and these virtues. Um, and so, uh, just um, just ha- that idea of of loving him for his own sake seems uh, so daunting. You know, where does well, you know when I make an action of of charity? You know, where where does the line between am I doing this for what I, God can give me, or am I doing this you know out of of pure charity? And I think you know it's hard to uh, hard for us to uh, d- distinguish that uh, for ourselves. You know, in, in a true act of humility, you know, we just have to do the the charitable works, the the works of charity, and you know, let God judge our intentions uh, at the end. So uh, I wouldn't you know we shouldn't let this uh, dwelling on, on nitpicking on this be, you know, sort of a, a stumbling block. I think that, you know, through the gifts mainly, you know, the Holy Spirit sort of purifies uh, our intentions and uh, through our our uh, acts of, of penance as well is, is very good to this. And, and focus and inviting the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers. So we're not praying, you know, usually when, when, when in, we enter into contemplation and he sort of takes over our prayer, it's uh it's it becomes less about the good for us but more about the good for for our neighbors and the universal good of the church i know i've said this before i use this as an example at one point but i can't help when i hear you say that that the idea that when we practice these things um so let's take for example this is what i've said before that you're driving a car and you know you're honking at someone for something they did wrong even though there's nothing they can do about it you know I've done this before, y'all. I've been stuck in the no. middle, oh, <laughs> and people were honking. Is like I can't do uh, anything Cheryl. about this. I did, and so I um, not me. I didn't honk. I was the one in the middle. Being oh, honked. okay, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> so, I'm the one that does the honking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have my days. So, so the idea is that we we try to have this charity. We do these acts, and even though we're frustrated, we try to pull back on the horn, and then we move from that. Like Ryan was saying, don't judge the intention. Just do the act. Do the right thing. And that's an obedience to that virtue and growth and habit. But then the gift is after a while, you just start to know, you know, that person in that car, you want to protect them and you don't want, and you don't want them to even feel bad. I mean, you, you want to love that person. So that intention is almost, it's as a gift. It's been changed from, I'm trying to act in this to now God's giving you the gift to love freely. It's his charity running oh, through. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's his charity. It's yes, not ours. Yeah, absolutely. That, that clarifies it. Thank you. So, um, I think, too, like mercy is one of the immediate uh, sub-virtues of charity, you know, as opposed to just the cardinal virtue of justice. So, you know, the, um, you know we call the, the works of, uh, we call them the works of mercy. But, um, you know, justice is sort of setting like the minimum bar, you know, giving others what is due. But, you know, mercy is, is giving, the, is being, you start, now you're acting like God acts, you know, you know, because none of us can repay God for what he gave us. It's impossible. Um, that's why he had to become incarnate and sacrifice himself on our behalf. Uh, but, um, you know, by giving merciful acts, um, by forgiving others, even if, you know, when, when, instead of requiring back what is, what is our due, um, now we're acting uh, as God acts. And that's why, um, you know, that affects our eternal unity with the Lord. As much as we're able to to be charitable and to be merciful here on earth, that's as much unity as we're going to experience uh, for all of eternity. And that uh, reminds me of St. Pope John Paul's quote, life is worth living in as much as we give it to others. Give, give, 
yeah, live our lives for others. I'll say it one more time <laughs> that um, Pope John Paul said, life is worth living in as much as we live it for others. And this is where, um, you know, we, we have that joy of participating in goodness and love. And that is the highest of things we can do in this life, the kingdom, bringing the kingdom here to this life. Well, and love one another. That's what we are called to do. And the only way we can do that is um, every, either every Sunday, every day we go to Mass and, you know, we, we express, we need to be expressing our love and gratitude and thankfulness to, to God because that's what we uh, were created for, to, to love Him, to serve Him, to know Him, and that's what all of us can be doing, should be doing in terms of charity and love for one another. And we began with the idea, I think, Ryan, you were saying that we have to love ourselves. And when God tells us we have to love others as we love ourselves, the golden rule, how can we do that if we can't love ourselves first? But we have to see that in the right perspective. And The virtues shed so much light on everything. Yes, they, yes. They, everything makes sense once you learn the virtues. So to wrap up this episode, we just want to thank everybody for listening and remind you to stand firm in the absolute truth, Jesus Christ, because only the truth bears grace. Lived through time, passed through fire, broke my heart, wounded desire, changed my life, fixed the past, stared at death and it stared back. Standing fast in the light of the word Shotgun blast was the last thing I heard I rattled in the wind like a window pane My soul's alright but my body